Welcome back to the AUA University podcast. Today's episode is again in the take-home messages from the AUA 2018 annual meeting. Today's take-home messages will be infertility and andrology, as well as the take-home messages on sexual dysfunction. We will lead off with infertility and andrology. I'd like to thank the AUA and the moderators for allowing me to uh, present these take-home messages. So in the infertility andrology sessions, there were 60 posters, 24 podiums, 12 videos, and five courses. Uh, we had a very robust meeting, um, along with several uh, subspecialty meetings as well. Uh, starting out, we'll talk about varicose seal uh, surgeries. Uh, there's a podium uh, presenting their results on correction of subclinical varicose seals uh, and showed similar improvements after the repair uh, compared to clinical varicoceles. Um, they used outcome measure of total multiple sperm count and showed no difference uh, when evaluated in their uh, three to six month time point. Another study looking at varicoceles, this was time for improvement in semen parameters, parameters following varicocelectomy in men with severe oligospermia. This actually won best poster in their session. Um, they've looked at men with severe oligospermia and saw that it took approximately three to six months for the most significant improvement in their parameters, uh, base parameter looking at total motile sperm count. Um, they also saw that up to 33% of men uh, with total motile sperm counts less than 2 million were upgraded to natural conception range of total motile sperm count greater than 9 million following varicocele repair. There is no significant change um, between three to six months and six months at the evaluation period. Another poster looking at the effect of microsurgical varicocelectomy uh, on sperm DNA integrity association with reproductive outcomes. This is from the Cornell group. Um, they looked at uh, retrospectively mean tunnel and SCSA assays. Uh, post varicocele repair, pre and post, and saw they both decreased significantly. However, the percentage of patients with abnormal uh, tunnel and SCSA assays uh, defined as greater than 7% tunnel and greater than 30% uh, SCSA both decreased significantly. Postoperative pregnancy outcomes show that 78 men, 35 couples received postoperative IVF. The pregnancy rate was 71% and live birth rate 40%. The pregnancy rates were improved in men whose DFI moved from abnormal to normal, and couples achieving pregnancy, of the couples achieving pregnancy, only the mean difference in tunnel was significant. Moving over to sperm retrieval techniques, uh, this is a podium from the Emory Group uh, looking at surgically acquired sperm use for assisted reproductive technology using a national database, uh, trends in perinatal outcomes. And they noticed that percentage of cycles that use surgically retrieved sperm increased over the study period. Uh, as you can see, the bluish line on a graph shows an increase in the past five years. Um, the pregnancy and perinatal outcomes were similar between groups um, using the surgical retrieval of sperm and ejaculated sperm among couples undergoing the IVF and ICSI treatments. A podium uh, using 
about the use of testicular sperm in couples of high sperm DNA fragmentation and failed intracytoplasmic sperm injection using ejaculated sperm from the Toronto group um, showed that there was no difference uh, between groups. So couples with high sperm DNA fragmentation and prior ICSI failures, um, testicular ICSI was not significantly better than ejaculated sperm. Um, their data suggested that in these couples, testicular miscarriage rates uh, were not significantly lower than ejaculatory uh, achieved ICSI miscarriage rates, and the number of cycles evaluated were uh, sufficient to detect a significant difference in a clinical pregnancy rate uh, between groups, assumed, assuming a uh, testicular ICSI pregnancy rate of 45% and ejaculatory ICSI pregnancy rate of 20%. A uh, poster uh, from the UK group at a University of College London, a UK multi-center study analyzing the surgical sperm retrieval rates in men with non-mosaic Klinefelters um, undergoing microtesi. They looked at 73 men out of a population of 1,400 patients, creating a prevalence rate of about 5%. The rate of sperm retrieval uh, in that UK study was about 21%. Um, no factor was found to be predictive of successful microtesi, uh, and the data is useful in counseling Klinefelter syndrome patients to give more realistic expectations. Uh, the Miami group presented a study about advanced paternal age and the effects of embryo aneuploidy on egg donor cycles. Uh, it was a retrospective multi-center international cohort of 1,200 ICSI cycles from egg, using egg donors. Uh, and they saw, or they looked at pre-implantation genetic testing for aneuploidy using next generation sequencing. They saw no significant association uh, between advanced paternal age and embryo aneuploidy, um, as you can see in the uh, graph with the age brackets broken down. Uh, a poster uh, looking at novel measures of sperm DNA damage increase its usefulness to diagnose male infertility and predict live births following both ICSI and IVF uh, from the London group, 381 men recruited uh, from couples attending their IVF ICSI program, um, 79 IVF and 229 ICSI cycles uh, helped to establish their thresholds for uh, each parameter under the ROC analysis. The proportion of sperm with low or high levels of DNA damage provides discriminatory information for male infertility diagnosis and treatment outcomes. So as you can see in their um, their chart, they use Comet assay to identify low Comet score versus high Comet score and average Comet score, and these are all predictive for live birth rates in IVF. Y-chromosome uh, abnormalities in men with subfertility, an analysis of the frequency of abnormalities and determination of threshold sperm concentration for genetic analysis, um, also from the UK group. Uh, this was a cohort of the 1,500 men who underwent genetic evaluation, prevalence around 4%. Their most common uh, Y-chromosome abnormality was AZFC region, uh, which was 75%. And they saw in, in their information that no patients actually had sperm concentrations higher than 500,000 and recommend uh, reducing the threshold for testing to that 500 million 500,000 mark 
uh, without changes in the sensitivity and increase in the specificity and a significant cost savings and reduction in tests. The Cornell group presented a poster in a basic science session uh, within group and between group differences in spermatogonial markers among men with non-obstructive azospermia. Uh, spermatogonial markers differed among non-obstructive azosperma phenotypes, and when comparing those uh, groups versus normal, the pattern of differential expression demonstrated significant downregulation of stem cell differentiation pathways, especially uh, driven by overexpression of SOX2 uh, and the Sertelli cell only samples. Uh, this study was identified uh, the relationship of spermatogonial markers. Uh, within normal tissue as well as within between normal, sorry, non-obstructive azospermia histological classes. Um, a study from University of Illinois, Chicago, racial stratification and infertile men seeking reproductive care to Chicago experience. They did a retrospective review of their charts. 222 patients completed the demographic information and allowed inclusion to the study. And they saw a clear racial discrepancy of male patients who sought reproductive care in their tertiary referral center um, in greater Chicago, um, showing that in their population, 64% were white, 13% Caucasian, but the Chicago race distribution, 44% uh, white, 24% black, um, and 24% Hispanic. So a significant uh, discrepancy and likely due to uh, uh, access of care issues within that region. And then finally, andrology and male infertility subspecialty exposure during U.S.-based urology residency training, also from the Chicago group. 86% thought that, this was a national survey of urology residents, 86% thought that andrology male infertility subspecialty exposure is an important part of urology residency. 78% cited inadequate exposure to subspecialty training. 24% um, would use testosterone to treat hypogonadal male desired fertility. 36% of institutions have a faculty member dedicated to andrology or male infertility care. And the impressive part was 78% stated that they would not feel confident getting their own fertility care at their home institution due to concerns over competency. So this stresses the need for further andrology, male infertility uh, training with, amongst our urology training programs. Thank you. Let's continue with sexual dysfunction. Thank you all. Well, this AUA has been a banner year for sexual dysfunction. There have been 100 posters, 60 podiums, eight courses, five videos, two special sessions, one skills workshop, and the release of two guidelines, diagnosis and treatment of erectile dysfunction and the diagnosis and treatment of testosterone deficiency. This represents thousands of hours of work on behalf of the um, guidelines panel. So in the arena of androgens, uh, our first poster is testosterone levels do not vary as a function of sleep-wake cycle in shift workers. This group from Houston, Texas looked at 654 men. Shift work status, time since awakening, and time of beginning and ending of shifts were collected uh, in office. During a, during a linear regression, time since awakening was not associated with changes in serum testosterone levels. There were no significant variations in testosterone levels observed in either the morning or the afternoon blood draws. 
Our next uh, paper is Unconatal Testosterone Levels Positively Regulates Erectile Function in Isolated Human Corpus Cavernosum. This New Orleans group took human corpora cavernosum tissue samples from men getting penile prosthesis implantations. These samples are subjected to phenylephrine, electrical field stimulation, acetylcholine, as well as PDE5 inhibitor-induced relaxation at various levels of testosterone concentration. What they found was that testosterone indirectly and specifically mediated corporal relaxation via downstream stimulation of INOS, ENOS, and cyclic GMP. What's also interesting in this study is that in the hypergonadal group, results were a little bit less than the eugonadal group. In the basic science arena, uh, S-nitrosoglutathione reductase deficiency is a novel model for secondary hypogonadism. This was presented by a group from Miami. Uh, we know that excess nitrosate of stress can lead to erectile dysfunction as well as infertility. Um, there are there were several rice that, mice excuse me, that were subjected to uh, this nitroglutathione reductase deficiency. These, these mice had significantly smaller litter sizes and smaller testicles. It was also associated with decreased epididymal sperm concentration as well as mortality. This is a really cool study um, looking at the transpelvic magnetic stimulation as a novel therapy to enhance penile blood flow. Rabbits were subjected to an electrical field around the pelvis, and at the same time, penile ultrasound was, uh, was conducted. Those patients, excuse me, those rabbits that had electrical field stimulation showed a significant increase in PSV and a decrease in EDV. So nerve grafting is back, actually, erectile dysfunction for post radical prostatectomy, utilization of a new novel side-end-to-side -side nerve grafting procedure. This group used sural nerve connected to the femoral nerve and routed that nerve down the side of the penis. They found that erectile function increased significantly. 64% of men were previously impotent and now are able to get erections. A small portion of these patients, 45%, were able to get erections without the use of PDE5s. We all have heard about the opioid scourge in the United States. Um, this group from New York is using an alternate multimodal analgesia protocol to, to decrease opioid requirements. Uh, 32 patients, all men got acetaminophen, gabapentin, and meloxicam prior to surgery. They then received a prodendal and a penile block during the procedure, and afterwards, pain was controlled by acetaminophen, gabapentin, meloxicam, and narcotics for breakthrough pain. They saw a significant decrease in all pain scores, as well as the amount of narcotics prescribed for these patients. Uh, in a multi-institutional international study, Mohamed Habous, I utilized 133 patients. He measured stretch penile length and girth prior to implantation, as well as postoperatively. 
Some patients got inflatables. Some patients got malleable prostheses. There was a statistically significant increase in not only the length, but also the girth of the penis after implantation of the prosthesis. Specifically, in inflatable prostheses, length increased by 0.6 centimeters and girth by 1.7 centimeters. In the malleable group, length increased by 0.2 centimeters and girth by 0.7. The Peronius disease session had several abstracts regarding plaque calcification and its effect on treatment with collagenase. This group from Rochester, Minnesota looked at the degree of plaque calcification and uh, used that as a predictor for the success of Clostridium histolyticum or Zyoflex. And 139 plaques that were identified. Plaque calcification significantly reduces the success of Zyoflex therapy for Peronius disease. Interestingly, he found that men who had a greater curvature or a ventral curvature had greater decrease in uh, curvature after treatment. <clears throat> this is a new a modified poster, excuse me, a moderated poster uh, from Brazil. This group looked at the antifibrotic effect of mycophenolate mofetil, which is an anti-transplant drug. Rats were either given uh, nothing or TGF-beta to induce a plaque. MMF was given seven days after induction or 30 days after. Histochemical assessment um, found that there was fragmentation and degradation of elastin in the tunica albuginea prior to uh, treatment with MMF. The process of degradation and fragmentation was completely reversed by MMF in the seven-day group, and there was even a normal restoration of architecture in the 30-day group. Moving on to female sexual dysfunction, there were several abstracts looking at phlebanserin as well as osphorin. Um, excuse me, osmophene, excuse me. Um, in this group from uh, Charlottesville, 500, excuse me, 5,000 patients treated for 12 weeks. Now, these patients had concomitant use of other SSRIs or SNRIs. The final analysis revealed that women who were taking SSRIs or SNRIs in combination with phlebanserin uh, had no increased side effects as compared to women who were not. Lastly, lastly osfemaphine, um, which is a uh, SERM, S-E-R-M, uh, has been given for women with dyspareunia. Uh, Erwin Goldstein in California utilized several women, uh, eight subjects, and he took several photos of the vulva prior to and after treatment with daily osfemapine. Uh, using vulvoscopy, he chronicled the improvement in vulva, uh, vestibule, and va vaginal regions. Using a proprietary questionnaire, he noted that the decrease in os osmophene improves the quality of the genital urinary tissue Vestibule and urethromoiatus. Thank you. <clears throat>